John Joseph. John Joseph is a pastor, teacher, and an evangelist of God's world. He's a father of Ragwes Chapel, a thriving church in the heart of Lagos, Nigeria. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. We cannot thank you enough. We cannot praise you enough. Awesome God, magnificent God. God of awesome wonders, unto you be all the glory, even as we have crossed into the first day of the eighth month of the year. Is the first day, the first Sunday, the eighth month. We acknowledge that a lot of people are not here, not because they are bad, but we thank you because we have received grace and mercy. This is why we have come to celebrate you, Lord. We do not take for granted the gift of health and blessings to be alive. Lord, we know that if the Lord had not built the house, the laborer would have labored in vain. Lord, we thank you. Lift your hands and just say thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, I'm grateful. We thank you today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you are seated, if you are born in the month of August, or your wedding anniversary is the month of August, or your career or your business anniversary is in the month of August, whilst people are seated, can you please remain standing? We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. You are born in the month of August. Your wedding anniversary is in August. Your career anniversary is in August. Wow. Wow. Papa, you are August. Is it your wedding or your birthday? Your birthday. We are going now together. Uh, I'm taking you out. So we have to go out together. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. We have to go out together. Uh, so me and Papa. All right. Papa is such a wonderful one. He's the one that sold my property to me. And he's a very, one of the most generous men I've met in my life. All right. Hallelujah. I keep saying it because some of you like, after this, you're now going to start greeting him. And say, I want to be your friend, you know. <laughs> Father, we thank you for all these wonderful people. Lord, thank you for those whose wedding anniversary is this month. Thank you for those whose career and business anniversary is this month. Thank you for those whose birthdays falls in this great month. Lord, I thank you for you have made them to witness another season of celebration. I pray for you that celebration will not cease in your life. Goodness and mercy will not cease to follow you. I pray for you. In this season of celebration, your celebration will not turn to sorrow. That which is bringing joy for you will not be stolen by the devil. In the name of Jesus, goodness and mercy will not be lacking in your endeavors. And in this month, your celebration will multiply. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, can you shake them and say happy celebration? Please, somebody shake them around and say happy celebration. We wish you well. Glory be to God. You may please be seated. I would like you to open your Bible with me 
to Matthew 28. And we will read from verse 18. The book of Matthew chapter 28. And we will read all the way from verse 18. Matthew 28. And we will read from verse 18. Are you there? Are you there? Matthew 28 from verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. It, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and of the Holy Ghost. The first thing they told them is go ye therefore and teach all nations. The Greek word for teach all nations in this context is the word matateo. Matateo or matateo which means go and disciple all nations. And I would like to demonstrate what that means for you. My sister, please come. Okay, stand with me. Yes, come. You've been praying that I call you all this day, so your prayer has been answered today. All right. What does it mean to make disciples of all nations? So this is at the disciples here. Jesus said, I've met you. I've known you. But I want to teach you how to live your life. What it means to love God. So Jesus, oh, why are you shy? Look at me. Relax. Relax. So Jesus said, now you have received my word from me. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. So, Jesus said, there are two ways you can live your life as a child of God. Number one, you have been blessed by Jesus. So you can choose to follow him alone. So you walk around with him. You walk around. Jesus is showing you around. See? See the way that place is? See that, brother? Are you blessed? Be eating today? This is, so this is a Christian following Jesus. Well, this person is just a born a great Christian, but is not a disciple of Jesus. This is what it means to be a born again child of God, to have Jesus in you, to have relationship with Jesus. Is one way to live your life. You will make heaven this way because you are walking with Jesus, hand and hand with Jesus, every day, good morning Jesus, good morning Lord, I know you come from heaven above, but Jesus said, this is not how I want you to live, now let's look at it, Jesus says, go now, and make disciples of all nations, in other words, as you, are, as you are enjoying me, as we are together, make others to know me. That's a disciple. Now, look at it now. 
Sister, sing for us. Sing. Every morning, sing, sing. Now, do you realize that you, can, you are finding it hard to hear her from that place? You are finding it hard to hear her from that place. Am I right? You are finding it hard to hear her from that place. You are finding it hard to hear her here. Do you know why? Because she's enjoying the Christianity alone. Now, this sister falls down. Falls. Ah! Was following Jesus. The only person that she has in her life to lift her up right now is Jesus. But you know, she's a human being. Jesus cannot reach out to her like that. So she then looks at it. Why are you not answering my prayer? I've been serving you all this while. My life has not changed. Things are getting frustrated around my life. But Jesus is trying to reach to her, but she can't see the hand of Jesus. Because Jesus is a spirit now. He's living inside. And after some time, there is every tendency that this Christian sister will go back to the world. Because, because of whatever, maybe she has committed a sin. Maybe she has done something wrong. There is a disconnection between Jesus and her now. Because Jesus is a spirit. He's holy. In these states, Jesus cannot reach out to her physically because God's eyes does not behold iniquity. But there is a way Jesus wants to reach out to her. So we are going to, so after some time, this person will like, I pay my thanks. Jesus, you have forsaken me. Why will you allow this to happen to me? Why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Jesus is around, but she can't feel Jesus. Jesus is trying to reach her. But Jesus wants to lift her up, even while she falls now. But see, spirit cannot hold physical body. So she will feel that God has abandoned her. Now stand again. Let's look at another scenario. He then said to them, 12 of them, now 11, Judas minus Judas, said, go ye into the world and make disciples of all nations. As you are following me, make others to follow me. So, she has heard about Jesus. She located her sister friend. She's older than Jesus. Now we are not alone. Now, all of them are looking for the next person to make, follow Jesus. So, Jesus is related to her. Keep relating. We, they come and find my sister here. Please, join. Oh, oh anybody you like. Today is the day. You've been you, you wanting to hold people in church, right? God has answered your prayer. So, we get to this place. Make disciples of all nations. What do we do? Wow. Why did you hold him? You know that he can give you offering. <laughs> okay, we are going. This is, this is what God wants Christianity to be. We keep on going. We keep on going. We keep on going. Wow. We keep on going. They are, who are they following? But you see, they are not following Jesus alone anymore. All they are doing is just to do what? Make disciples. Now watch how Christianity is going to be different in the life of this singular sister now. She keeps on going. She keeps on going. Now, 
Wow. This is Christianity. Making disciples. Now look at it now. The connection that is binding all these people together is who? Jesus. Now, hear what happens now. You remember she sang a song the other time, right? Let her, let her now sing the same song. And they will now sing it together. Let's see what will happen. What was the song they sang? Praising the, Praising the Lord. Okay, continue. Ah. You see, someone, she is not clapping. Wait. But other people are even clapping for her. Can you hear them? Can you hear them? Do you realize that at a point, you cannot even hear her voice anymore? In other words, even if her voice is bad, if her voice is not good, if she had the worst voice, right now, the beauty of other people have now combined with her voice that you can't even know the strength of her voice anymore. Continue, my sister. Boss, the second thing about discipleship. This sister now in a Christian walk falls now. Ah, Jesus is trying to reach her. Ah, wow. Are you getting something right now? This is what the beauty of Christ. You see, she did not see Jesus physically. But Jesus is able to walk through all these people. Walk because they are human beings like her. They are flesh and blood like her. So when she falls, it's very easy for Jesus to walk through all these people. And look at her, she's not alone. Do you think such a person will easily backslide? Because she just obeyed that singular instruction. She made disciple. Now when she obeyed that instruction, it will be as if she's doing Jesus a favor. As she goes around winning souls, goes around preaching to people, she, it's like she's doing God a favor, right? At the end of the day, who, who is benefiting more from it? Jesus or her? Who is benefiting from it? Is it Jesus or her? Are you sure? Because you see, in terms of need, all the people she has preached to, people she's following up in church, People she's running around after, the people that she has led to Christ, they are now the Jesus she can see. They are the Jesus around. That is why God did not create you to do life alone. He created you to make disciples. Put your hand together. Thank you, team. God bless you. This is the beauty of Christianity. This is the beauty of Christianity. This is the mystery of a soul winner. You are not doing God a favor when he said to you, go ye into all the world and make disciples matter. Tell them, make them follow me. As I said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added to you. Wow. What does it mean when you disciple people, when you win souls? What does it mean? Look at Matthew, John chapter 21. Go to John 21. Verse 15. Whenever you are making disciples, 
Whenever you go to evangelize to someone, whenever you go to follow up someone, invite people to church, in that fellowship, whatever, what are you doing? Jesus said it expressly what you are doing. He, he, he defined it well, what you are doing. John chapter 21, verse 15. The book of John 21 from verse 15 said, So when they are dying, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? He said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto me, Feed my lambs. The second time Jesus said unto him again, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? He said unto me, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him the second time, Feed my lamb. The third time, Jesus said unto him, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. What was Jesus saying here? He said, you see, if you want to love me, you love me by loving others. You love me by reaching out to others. Because they may never see me. Jesus has come into this world over 2,000 years ago. We didn't see him. But you are the Jesus that people is looking for. You are the Jesus that people will ever see. You are the Jesus people will ever know. You are the Jesus they will ever reach out to. So say, if you love me, go and feed them. If you love me, go and win souls. Go and disciple people. Show them they care. When they look at you, they will remember me. When they look at you, they will bring glory to me. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, in the church, how do we express this love? Where are we trained to feed? What is the platform with which a church uses to express the love of Jesus? You see, when you read your Bible, everything that was written, in fact, when you, hear the, when you read the word church in the Bible, the church that you have defined from the book of Acts all the way to Revelation was not the physical church as we have it today. First and foremost, I want you to note that Jesus was not a Christian. Jesus was not a Christian because when Jesus came, what, it was, what you have there was Judaism. The law of Moses was in operation. It was after the resurrection of Jesus Christ that Christianity started. During the life of Jesus and after the life of Jesus, before the life of Jesus, there was nothing called Christianity. A Christian is someone who is anointed to follow Jesus. So Jesus was not a Christian. Now get this one right. Because when Christianity started, the Jews had a problem. They felt that these guys are going against the law of Moses. This is not what we know. What are they talking about? That follow Jesus. Do you know that till today, Israelite Israel don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God? 
In fact, if you are a Christian, a Christian, you cannot be a prime minister in Israel. They reject Christians. The only reason why Israel celebrates to some extent Christian, number one, is because it generates money for them. Tourism. Tourism. And United States is number one partner of Israel. So they know that if they, do, they really go headlong against Christianity, they don't have anything to gain. So they have to allow Christians in their place. But naturally, Jews don't like Christians. Get it right. Israelis don't like Because they believe that Christianity is against the law of Moses. And do you know still today, you can have most of the names of the apostles of Jesus, but you will not have the name a Jew bearing Paul. Paul, they don't like Paul. Why is it that they don't like Paul? One thing is to be a Christian. But Paul was the one that even brought evil man to Christianity. Paul was the one that God used to bring a Yoruba man to Christianity. So if Christianity was limited to Jews, they would have even tolerated to a large extent. But now seeing non-Jews claiming the promise of Abraham, standing by a Jew and saying, we are one in Christ. And they look at, what? Now you? You don't know what you are saying. So Jews don't give their name. They don't name their children Paul. You will never see a Jew calling their name Paul. Their children Paul. They don't like Paul. And they are still expecting the Messiah. Till today. Now, because of that, from Acts chapter 8, you then hear that people like Saul began to go everywhere to persecute Christians. So Christians had no church building to meet. The only place they could have used was the synagogue and the temple. But they chased them out of those places. But Jesus has told them, go and make disciples of all nations. How then did they achieve it? They achieved it because the church began to meet in homes of people. The church began to meet in homes. The homes of people. In fact, if you read Acts chapter 12, when Peter was in prison, they, and they wanted to kill Peter after they killed James. Do you know what happened? When the angel moved Peter out of the prison around 2 a.m. Biblical said it was around 1 to 2 a.m. thereabout. Peter came out around 2 a.m. Do you know where he went to? The Bible says he went to the house of one called Jason, Mark. He's, and when Peter went there, it was a small girl that came to open the door for him. And so, so who is that? Said Peter. He, she ran back. And people in that cell were praying, in that home, were praying for the release of Peter. It was not all the apostles that were there. If it was all the apostles, it was one of the elderly people that should have gone to open the door. It was not going to be a small girl. Because, you see, Peter also had a place he uses for his own fellowship. So the fellowship member, when they heard that one of their own was in prison, quickly rallied around and prayed, and God sent an angel. The church were meeting in homes. That was how they expressed the love of God. Hallelujah. Today, we are celebrating the home church. You saw that when you saw them coming on stage, some were wearing native, some wore English wear, some wore tie something around them. What we are trying to point out to you 
is that variety is beautiful. Ordinarily, when you see people in their various groups today after service, you see them, people are celebrating today, right? You see people, some decide that they are Americana in their fellowship. Well, you're free. Some say, oh, they want to wear native. Some, we say, no, celebrate your group the way you want to celebrate. Because variety is what? Beautiful. That is what we are celebrating today. The beauty of variety. It makes life more interesting. Now, what, why is the home cell important? In our church, we used to call them, we used to call it Royal Care Fellowship Centers. But from today, we have shortened it to Royal Care Group or Care Group. Care Group. So when we ask you which care group do you belong to, we are asking you which home church do you belong? Or which fellowship do you belong? Because now we realize that not all of them meet in physical homes. My own fellowship meets in church, which is for the men. The women also have their own specialized fellowship now, which also for now they meet in church. Right? When we have different groups in different homes, why is this important for us to meet in small groups? Number one, the small groups, the care group now, when I say care group, you know what I'm talking about, is, is big enough to contain you and small enough to recognize you. The first reason why we meet in small groups is that it is big enough to contain you and small enough to recognize you. Now, let me say this. Something hilarious happened yesterday. I went to visit most of our people yesterday and I got to a particular house. When I got there, I met one of our new people in church, somebody who just recently come to church. But the person looked at me who are you? Hey, I'm Pastor. I am Pastor John. The person was in church, sat down in church. I don't know, maybe the person was under the canopy or whatever. Maybe heard my voice, but forgot my face. So the person that followed me said, Hey, thank God somebody followed me. Hey, he said, Man. But you see, we have a leader in that area who have been relating with the person. So I went with the leader. So he said, hello man, this is our pastor. Oh, pastor, please, sorry, I forgot your face. I said, he's allowed. He's allowed. But you see, you can forget my face, but you, thank, you can't forget the face of the person in that community. Do you understand? In a mega church, it, it, it can happen. The person is not being rude. Because the person later received me very well. But imagine there was no small group in that area. Number one, I would not have also known the house of that person. Number two, it may take me months to get to know the house of that person. Number three, to even know the name of the person may be hard. And after some time, maybe just like that sister, the person is in a challenging situation. The pastor is not there. The pastor does not know. Then the person in that church, they don't care. Nobody visited me when I, was, when I was not around. Nobody cared for me when I was having challenge. I'm looking for another church. You see, the reason why you are not experiencing that care is because you do not belong to a small group that is small enough to recognize you. That's why now the new slogan in the church, in our real care group is that, don't go alone. Together is better. 
Don't go alone. Together is what? Better. Let me tell you why that slogan is very important. When one of the things that made, if you want to know the story behind, don't go alone. Together is better. There's a story behind it. Should I tell you the story? No, should I tell you the story? Okay, these people here, they don't want it. So, should I tell you the story? Okay. One of our sisters in church had something, a breakthrough, sort of. And the thing was too juicy. She wanted to go to the company. She was not sure whether they were 419, whether it was real, whether it was not real. So she came to me, said, Pastor, she explained everything to me. I said, ah, let's go there. So we said, don't go, we don't want you to go alone. I'm telling you what, don't go alone. Together is better. This is the story behind it. So when I was going, I carried another member of the church with me. I said, together is what? So we got to where we are going to meet the person. The person was driving in front of us. Three of us in the car. No, we are not sure whether this man is a 419. We are not sure whether he's a kidnapper. In this era of ritualism, we are not sure. So it does not mean that we are afraid. But I had to begin to put two and two together. So as I was going, I first called my wife. I said, we are going somewhere. And I don't know. This person is a stranger we are following. So right now, I'm going to share my Google map location with you. Life location. So as we are moving, you will see where we are now. If this location is not visible, call the police very fast. Do you understand? So, backup plan number one. So I shared the life location with my wife. I said, can you see us in your map? I said, yes. So we were going. As we began to go again, we passed redemption camp. Then I had another backup. How do kidnappers behave? They will want to take us inside bush. So I have a backup plan. I was, somebody else was driving me. So I said, you know what? If this man has is going, if this company is not by the roadside, it may be a kidnapping attempt. So I went back to my phone. I deleted all my alerts. Because I heard that this is what kidnappers like to check. So I said, so that they will not know that I have money anyway. So I deleted all my alerts. Remove all my emails. I said, told the person, remove all your emails. Am I afraid? No, I'm not afraid. <laughs> and it is called being security conscious. Do you know that most Christians are not security conscious? We are so gullible. Go, 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 go. I go, they follow you, they go. Follow you, they go. Follow, 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 follow. Most Christians don't analyze things. I have faith in God, but faith without work is dead. I am a security expert myself. So I know the security, I know how they work. So I just have to follow. So even though I'm a pastor, I'm on the security conscious. So I deleted all my alerts. I signed out. So my phone is black. Then we were going again. This time around, I think we've passed Shagam Bridge. I said, okay. What if there is no network where we are going? Because one of the things kidnapper also does to avoid tracking is that they use areas where network is not good because you can easily track them by cell. So they know where areas where network are not good. So I said, okay. I had another plan. So I told the person that, watch what I'm going to do. If this man branched inside the bush. But you see, all this while, 
Our church member was just there. She knows our pastor is there. The fellowship shepherd is there. She's in good hands. So she's not worrying. I'm doing all, all this while she did not even know what I was doing. She, her own phone, I didn't ask her to switch off her phone, whatever, but you know, the man of God is there. Are you with me? So finally, of a truth, the man turned. Now we have to now enter the bush. So my plan C came into effect. I said to him, so when, we had, when he was going to start entering the bush, we parked. So the man took parked and was watching us. I told the person driving, said, come down. Cross over the road to the other side. So don't follow us inside the bush. So when a kidnapper sees that you are somebody who can inform the police, he can easily change their mind. So the man saw us the way he came down. And our church member said, come and say, Pastor, what? I said, nobody, all is well. All is well. So we entered. And so the brother too realized later. I, I even told him to stay. He said, he realized that what if the kidnapper around there and they saw him, they can even kidnap him. So you two, he crossed over the road and went to another place very far. We were having all our plans. And I told him, if you don't hear from me, in 20 minutes, something is wrong. Call the police. So after about 15, we got there to cut the whole story short. We realized that it was not a fake place. It was actually genuine. The place was authentic. So by the time he called me, I said, God is in control. All is well with our soul. Hallelujah. Then I learned a lesson. Together is better. Don't go alone. Don't go alone. Two, the Bible said two are better than one. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't go alone. Together is better. This is what God wants Christianity to be. This is what we are doing today. This is what we are reminding us today. That God did not call you to be a Christian that will go alone. He said, go around with your fellow believers. Hallelujah. The second reason... While the home church, the small group is important, is that it is the family unit of the church. The small groups, the care group, the house fellowship, the home church, is the family group in the church. That is the family unit. The family unit within the church. What do I mean? I will explain to you. When God wants to make people, he puts people in families. Most of us came out from different, different families. None of you were given birth to... God, God did not throw you down from heaven and put you on the street. You belong to a family. Do you know why? Because in a family, the moment you are born, the father and the mother uses their influence to bring people around you. Without your 50 core contribution, people come to celebrate you. That is the beauty of a family. You don't even know what was happening. People come around to celebrate you. Then the next thing is, somebody is bringing an abreast to feed you. Then the next thing is, somebody is showing you with the way to school. Do you realize that when we are going to school, most of us did not want to go to school? Oh, some of us, they want in school. One of our children in church, the school is somewhere around there. The father and the mother thought that it was finished. The boy went to school in the morning, was wanting to pray. I don't want to go to school, oh. I didn't tell him I don't want to go to school, oh. 
They thought the boy was joking. Around 11 o'clock, uh, the boy, even the, the boy was a James Bond. The security man did not even know how the boy moved out of the school. Ganga, ganga, gara, gang, gang, gang. A boy of about four years old, he doesn't want to go to school. So as the teacher was there during break time, he was watching, watching. Ganga, ganga, and pew, he moved behind the gate. The security man went, when the security man looked like this, the boy took It was like a Nollywood film. And before you know, you know how Nollywood, when they, when they want to scare you, they, then the beast they, kukum, 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 kukum. The thing has just started. So when the boy was like, kill him. Then they will not change the beat again. That Nigerian, you know that you are watching a Nigerian film. Then the boy moved across the road. Then you know they will not change the beat. Then you have to do without The boy got to the house. The mother said, Hey! I don't tell you, I know one goes cool. You know, most of us are like that too. Do you realize that when people invite you to church, you find it difficult? So why should I go to church? Why should I serve God? There is something in us that does not want us to belong to the house of God. You don't find it hard to go to Mr. Biggs. You don't find it hard to go to work, to go to football center, to go to movie center, to go to movie But to come to church? Some of us, once they are sharing the grace... Before we share the girl, you are out of the place. But you see, do you know the amazing thing? There are three types of families dysfunctional family, a disorganized family, and a organized family. Three types of family. Let's talk about a dysfunctional family. In a dysfunctional family, people in the family do not benefit from what makes them family. So in a dysfunctional family, you can ask somebody, say that, do you know that my, my auntie, my mother's sister, is the owner of that bakery there? But I have never eaten bread this year. You say, why? The woman is a very bad woman. She doesn't help anybody. Somebody can say, my uncle is the MD of Mobile. But look at me, I'm a security guard. And you ask why? He's a very wicked man. In a dysfunctional family, this family is quarreling with this family. This family is having malice with this family. So because of that, when they don't help one another, they cannot take advantage of what makes them family. Because quarrels are always abounding. They are quarreling, they quarrel over, even over meeting. Anything, no love. Chaos everywhere. So now the children or the children's children have no benefit to get from one another. No referrals, no connection. Some of us came from such a family. That is a dysfunctional family. That is not why God has placed you in that family. They are not wise. Because family ought to give us added advantage. Look at, you know, Abba, the Abba Kiari, the former, uh, the one, the close friend of our president. The man, the other day they said that he was even living in Asorok. And people are jealous. But you know what? 
He has been a friend of our president even when that one was not a president. Close friend. And now, the man is saying, where I am, my friend also must be. So he's benefiting from the relationship of the president even though nobody voted for him. He, he sleeps and lives in Asorok because he's benefiting from the relationship of a family, of a friend. The next type of family is a disorganized family. You know, in a disorganized family, everybody does what they want to do, the way they want to do it, how they want to do it. Nobody's giving account to anybody. So in a disorganized family, you can choose to go out or come in at any time. In a disorganized family, this person may go like this, another person may go like this. In, fact, in a disorganized family, you even have the fathers boasting that, you know, in this family, we don't tell our children what to do. They do whatever they want to do. We don't dictate to our children. No, you are making a mistake. That is a disorganized family. Because you see, in a disorganized family, you will hear something like, Mama, I don't want to go school again. And the mother says, hey, let's go to prophets. And brother say, Jaja Macaroni. This boy had no go school. This boy had an organizer head in carry. So go and put him in the organizer's place. It's because the mother don't know better. The father don't know better. So the child said, I'm not going to go to school again. And he can have his way. That's a disorganized family. But you see, in an organized family, they are very intentional about everything. They don't leave anything to chance. They have a plan. They don't leave things to chance. In a disorganized family, you hear that the father is a lawyer and all his children are lawyers too. The father is a medical doctor. All his children are medical doctors. The father, you know, Okojo Iwela, all his children also, she went to Harvard. All her children too are in Harvard. You think it's by chance? You think all those children felt like going to Harvard? No! But they will have said, in this family, we go to school. You cannot say you are not going to school. You must go to school. There is no organizer in this family. We are all families of graduates. So you go to school and they will not agree with you. But you see, that they are intentional about everything. The same thing happens in the church. You can have a dysfunctional church. There are different types of church. In a dysfunctional church, what happens is that there everybody are not benefiting from what it makes them to be church members. You see, there is beauty when we are church members. Let me give you an instance. Last Sunday, I was preaching, and a brother came in. When the brother came in, I saw him, I said, hey, brother Tony, see me after the service. Do you know what happened? It was when I saw him walking in, then he not called to me that this guy is into aluminum. He, he produces uh, fabrication. He does aluminum, does short glass and the thing. On Saturday, we just given a quote for this extension we just did to somebody. The person was to start on Monday. But our own church member, we missed out because he was not coming to church. And I don't even know that he was in a small group in the church. We didn't know. So now even though I've taken a quotation from somebody else, I really want to help our own church member. Now, I told him, go and bring your invoice and everything. So he gave me the invoice. I said, no, we will give you the job. Maybe the man that came to submit the quotation, maybe something went to go and tell him that you will not get the job. Do you know what the man did? So I didn't call the man. The man called me on Monday. I refused to pick his call because I don't know what to tell him. The man carried all his work tools. He came to church and started the job without collecting money. So by the time I got to church, the guy had started. So I had to call, hey, brother, I, honestly, I don't know what to do. The man has started. And, and I didn't pick his call. He started the job. 
You know, but that is what we are trying to avoid. How can you be in a church? The church is doing a project. And they are giving it to somebody else. And you are not benefiting from the church. You know, sometimes in a dysfunctional church, you hear the church mentioning figures. Oh, we just bought this property for millions of naira. We just did this one for hundreds of thousands. And you are hungry and you'll be angry. If this so this church, they cannot see that I'm hungry. Am, am, am I saying the right thing? Have some of you not been angry before? Maybe the Bible said, Bless God, oh my soul, I just bought a new Jeep. Oh. And you go and inspect the Jeep after. And you go and lie. How much this Jeep cost? If a bicycle, I don't get. And I've been in this job for four years. Ah, I'm not coming to this church again. Pastors are thief. Pastors, they go to the top for a lot of money. You know what? You don't really blame that pastor. It's because that church is a dysfunctional church. Why? Because it, you, you have to be intentional about the success of every church member. People in church will not just prosper by accident if the church does not have a plan for them. You see, in an organized church, there is a plan for the prosperity of the members. There is a plan to make the member take them from level A to level B. You see, last year or two years ago, we sat down and realized that most of our youth in church were not having SSCE. And we have 90% of our youth who were not in the university. I stood with our people and said, let's have a plan for our people to have degree. We must have a plan. They will not just go to school by accident. Most of them, their parents don't have money to send them to school. But that is why they are in a church family. And we came up with a plan. And that particular year, we have about over, within two years, we, we have about over two, almost 20 who, are, who wrote Waek. Some paid for themselves. Some the church have to pay. Some we have to get other people within the church to support them. As I'm talking to you today, we now, within that time, at least even this year alone, we've had over six or seven of them in the university. Amen. But you think that if we don't have a plan, we are just saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, give your title. Give. No, there must be a plan. That is to show that we are an organized church. We have to be intentional about everything. Are you with me, somebody? Because success will never happen by accident. You have to plan for it. You have to work it out. You have to dream it. You have to have a vision for it. That is how successful people are made up of. Why should it only be a, a, a personality-driven church? The pastor is the only one that can take announcements. The pastor is the only one that can preach. The pastor is the only one that does everything. You see, we also had a plan to begin to teach people on how to, why you must build house. I began to teach people how to be a landlord. And I began to pray for them, you can build a house. Within two years, now I've had most, some of, even as I'm this week, some of our members come to say, Pastor, I've just bought my property. Pastor, I've just bought my property. Do you know even what happened now? Now, for the first time, I'm, I am having members of the church who are coming together to buy one plot of land and dividing it among themselves. He says, such things have to be, we have, it has to happen intentionally. If we leave it to chance, such things will never happen. That is what we are talking about when we are talking about the care group. When we say belong to a care group, 
belong to a care group, belong to a small group in the church. It's not because you cannot come to church and go back home, but you don't be hearing of the testimony. The, the river in the church will not flow to your house. So you will be in the church that has water, but you can be thirsty. Why? Because you have not plugged yourself for the pipe to flow into your house. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the care group in church is not just a place, a family unit where we are intentional about the prosperity, the well-being of everybody in the church. And do you know one thing? You know, I used to tell our people, say, I have never, by the grace of God, I have stood with our members to buy millions of naira property. I have stood with them to buy cars, to buy things. I have never, by the grace of God, ever called anybody under heaven that this, I'm bringing one of our church members. Please add 50 cobalt to that thing when you finish selling it. Eh? No. If one of our brothers one day was doing wedding, I said, when anybody is doing wedding, the person cannot go and take Olokpo in the church. The person, we are the Olokpo, unless the person has, stays otherwise. We have people who can cook jollof rice, fried rice. You must all gather and help the person cook, save the person's money. The one is the one who said, no, it's too stressful. Let him go and let him pay us. I said, no, that is not how a family operates. Family don't take advantage. It's an evil family that takes advantage of one another. In a genuine family, this thing can cost you two naira outside. But your brother in church will look at you and say, they sell this thing two naira outside. But, you know, the cost price is 100 naira. But I'm going to give it for 120 naira. You will not get it anywhere. And of a truth, you go, you go, you go. And you don't get it anywhere. That's a good family. I said, that's a good family. Hallelujah. Recently, you know, I, somebody did something. I said, no, we don't do this in this church. This is not the concept we are following. This is not the spirit of this church. You can be angry with me, but don't try this with us in this church. You know, you know we, there was an opportunity that came and um, people need to register business. So I put somebody through. And we even set up free printer in church, set up free internet. And said, now, people don't know how to register their business. You begin to help them to register their business. And I believe I can trust you. So the person began to, people, members began to go to this particular person to register their business. So recently, about some weeks ago, one of our members just told me, oh, I've given my business registration to this person. I said, but what is delaying it? He said, the person is asking for this document, this document. I said, no, that's wrong. You don't need all those documents. So I called the person. I said, why are you asking for all these documents? When I trained you to register this business, is it what, eh, I, don't, I just want to do everything at the same time. I said, no, you don't make things stressful for your fellow member. Then when I dropped the call, I asked, how much is this person charging? He said, 20,000 naira. I said, 20 what? 20,000 naira? So I said, no, 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 no. This person should not do this thing anymore. We don't do this in this church. Why? Because the cost price of that thing was 10,000 naira. I know it's 10,000 naira. Even if you say, and when we set up the thing in the church, it's not because we want to take advantage of the people in church. Because, you see, people in the world can lie to, their, to themselves, but not people in the church family. It should be the place you have the most trusted people in the world. When they say A, you should go and sleep and know that A is A. When they say B, you should know that you can go and sleep and know that B is B. If you cannot trust one another in the church, where should you then get the true trust? Do you understand what I'm saying? And I had to bend the person. I said, nobody should give this person this thing again. It will, I can do it. Because when I do the thing from people myself, I don't have 50 cover to it. 
Why? Why are we family? Hey, but are you saying we should not make profit from what we are doing? Is it not business? No. I'm not saying it's not business, but I'm saying that that is not how to do business within church family. Within church family, you give one another advantage. You give one another advantage. You give one another advantage. If you are not an organized church, there will be blessings flowing around in the place, but most of you will not benefit. Recently, someone wanted to do an international passport, was going to go somewhere. I said, no, don't go somewhere else. Go and meet this sister in church. She will introduce you to the right person that will help you hastily do the international passport without collecting anything extra for herself. And that was the case. But you see, the person did not know that there was somebody in the church who could do it. In a dysfunctional church, in a disorganized church, the opportunities are just flying everywhere. Members are hungry. Children are not going to school. Nobody's helping one another. In the same streets, they don't relate. They they don't know any one of their names. So something happens in the same street. They cannot come to one another's aid because it's a disorganized or a dysfunctional church. But in an organized church, everybody, they are one. Even when the pastor is not in church on Sunday, the church still runs. Because the church is not dependent on the pastor. It's dependent on all the gifts that makes us the thing. Put your hands together for Jesus. Let's fight. Let's fight to be an organized family church. So today, I'm encouraging you. If you don't belong to any care group in church, today is a good day. You say... Uh, is that blessing? Where are you? Blessing, Emeka, where are you? Where are you? Where is that blessing? Is she around? Okay, I think she's, she's not. There. Okay, she's, she's outside. Okay, so you see a desk outside. You see a desk outside. All right. There's a sister there. All right. She's, any information you require, you want to know the smallest care group. All right. This wonderful, beautiful takeaway sister. All right. Standing here. Wave your hand. With the paper, you see. So you see that sister outside. You can meet her and find out the, the closest one. And now we have even made it more unique. We now have those of you men, if you are very committed in your fellowship, you can stay there. If a woman to you are committed in your fellowship, you can stay there. But however, if you are not committed in your fellowship, uh, then because mommy gift has warned me to talk about it this way. <laughs> so I have to correct myself. Alright, so now what you needed to do is that we are not removing you from your fellowship, but they are now specialized fellowship. Like the men's fellowship, we have been intentional to help our men. Don't go alone as a man. So when you, like today now we are doing a love feast for all the men. That, today every fellowship is just love feast, love feast, love feast, love feast. Why? Gather together, get to know one another, get to know what each of you does. This one, you are into this, you are into this, you are into this. We have a database. Tomorrow somebody needs something in the church. We know who to call. We know who to recommend. We know who we can say, go here, go here, go here. That is how it's supposed to be. And before you know it, that church, the people are becoming stronger. They are becoming more blessed. People will look at them. That church, they are, very, they are helping one another. It's not by accident. It's because we were intentional about it. We became intentional about it. So today I want to encourage you. If you don't belong to any care group, don't go alone anymore. Don't do life alone. It is time you link yourself to a care group as a matter of urgency. And together, let us grow together. Let us prosper together because this is God's wisdom for us. Put your hands together for Jesus. Stand to your feet with me. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and just thank God for his word this morning. Thank God for his word. Thank God for speaking to us.
Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for your word. Thank you because you are Lord and King. We worship you. We adore you. We give you all the glory. Thank you for the Royal Care Group. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for today. Now, thank God for the church family he has given to you. Thank God for the church family. Thank God for giving you a family within the church. Thank God for putting you. Thank God for the church family that you have. Give him praise for the church family you have. Thank God for the church family you have. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him praise. Give him glory for the wonderful church family you have. Exalt his name. Magnify his name. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for the church family you have. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Right now, if you are in church, you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be born again. I want to turn from my wicked way. I want to follow Jesus. I want to quickly pray for you right now. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to be born again, you want to surrender your life to Jesus, wherever you are, just place your right hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands on your chest. If you want to give your life to Jesus, God bless you. God bless you. Just place that hand on your chest. I want to pray for you. I want to quickly pray for you. Jesus wants to be your Lord and Savior. Jesus wants to wash your sins away. Now, with your hand on your chest, even if you are watching online, just place your right hand on your chest right now. I would like to pray for you if you want to give your life to Jesus. Now, say these words after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that you are the Son of God. You came to this world to die for my sins. Today, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. Please come into my life and be my Lord, and, be my Lord. and my personal Savior. Wash all my sins away with your precious blood. And please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, I am yours and you are mine. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you for saving in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for everyone who have given their life to Christ, those who are joining online or offline. And I thank you because the rain of your blessing is falling upon your people afresh. May you be rooted and grounded in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, how many of you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart? You prayed it from the depth of your heart. Let me see your hand. One, two. Now, come here. I want to pray for you. Just come here. I want to pray for you. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, just come forward. I want to pray for you. God bless you. Come everywhere you are. Just come. If you are in your house, send, just wait there. I'm going to pray for you too. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, Jesus is your Lord and Savior from today. Just join my sister here right now as I pray with you. As I pray with you. Father, I thank you for your daughter who have committed her life to you who have repented and follow you today. I pray that this one, your covering will remain upon her life. I pray that she will be rooted and grounded in your kingdom. We hope you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please stop our website at www.rtc.ng. May God bless you.